Welcome to Stars and Strikes, The Road to Guitar 2022. My name is Chaz Messman, and that is Ryan Deeb. That's right, Chaz. We'll be guiding you through Nations League and World Cup qualifying come 2021. But up until that point, we'll be checking in on all of our squads and players here at home and abroad. This is a great time to be a U.S. men's national team fan, and we're super excited to get this journey started with you guys and the U.S. men's national team on the road to the World Cup. This is Stars and Strikes, the road to Qatar 2022. Let's get it rolling. There we go, baby. The meteoric rise of Giovanni Reina has just absolutely exploded here in this early season. Scored the first goal for Borussia Dortmund in the Bundesliga season, and then followed that up with a hat trick of wonderful assists in the next game. Ryan, holy cow, this kid is legit. Dude, I know. We're not, we're not talking about any 20-year-old. I'm talking about 22-year-old. This kid is 17 years old, a month away from being 18, and he is already being you know, one of the first names on the Dortmund team sheet. Maybe last season he wasn't always in the squad. He was a, he was a question, is he going to be an influence? But every chance he got last season, he took it. And this season, it looks like he's ready to become a big part of this team. And with players like Holland, uh, Jude Bellingham, that he's comfortable around, I, I, think, I think it's the perfect environment. Chaz, what do you think um, about his relationship in the team? I mean, last season, the best thing about him, every single time he got on the pitch, he made something happen. He was dangerous. And this season, he's doing the same thing although he's getting regular game time. Dortmund's played three games. He started all three of them. And he's the one pulling the strings. I mean, imagine being that young and being able to be that comfortable. I mean, the way he, the assist that he had to Erling Holland, I mean, just perfectly weighted pass. He runs at defenses. He's breaking them down. He's the one being the creative force behind this Dortmund midfield. I mean, even more so than, you know, German internationals like Julian Brandt and a Belgian international like Hazard. I mean. It, it is unbelievable. This kid doesn't even have his driver's license yet, for God's sake. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Yeah, and it's, you know, while on the field, like you mentioned, there's there's Brandt, there's Hazard, and, you know, there's even Marco Royce. He, in the game against Freiburg, when he had that hat-trick of assists, Marco Royce was also on the field. But who was the main man in charge? Every, every... Through, through every single play, it was always Gio Reyna. Every, everything positive came through Gio Reyna. And that's, that's what we saw with his output that game. And I mean, the biggest thing I think for him, and even for Borussia Dortmund, is his relationship with Erling Holland. Obviously, we know he's one of the best young strikers in the world, but the two of them have a chemistry on and off the pitch. I mean, you see off the pitch in every interview, he's calling him the American dream. They're joking. But I mean, on the pitch, you could see um, after one of the assists, he points to him and says, Pass me the, you pass me the ball, I score. And I think that's going to be the key for, you know, Dortmund and Reyna's development is, yeah, he'll pitch in with a few goals. We saw the great goal he scored in the German Cup last year that kind of, you know, really burst his name onto the European and international stage. But he's going to be the one pulling the strings for, you know, that Dortmund midfield and creating chances. And, I mean, I'm just excited to see where it goes because this the sky is just the limit for this kid. Yeah, and obviously um... – Ideally, we would have had we would have enjoyed a summer where we see Jaden Sancho go to Manchester United. I know I would have liked that personally, but um, <laughs> but 
if that happened, it would have meant, you know, the doors are opened even more for Gio Reyna. I'm not saying that Gio is going to be the guy going forward over Sancho, because obviously Sancho is a great player. But, um, you know, Sancho has been sitting out of a few training camps because he was trying to push them United. He's, he did travel to the Bayern Munich game. And in that time, Gio's took advantage of it. He's, he's had phenomenal performances without Sancho in the squad. So he's, he's showing, he's showing Dortmund. Look, he said, Jaden's not here right now, but I'm, I'm here and I'm just as influential, maybe if not even more. And an even more impressive stat to maybe some, you know, managers is not the three assists, but in that game, he completed every single one of his passes against Freiburg. He was 100% pass completion percentage. That is absolutely phenomenal. And it's not like he's just doing these backwards passes, you know, gets the ball, passes it back to his fullback, gets the ball, passes it over across to the other center back or back to the midfielder. He is getting the ball, turning and driving at defenses, playing forward passes, playing through balls to Erling Holland, Jaden Sancho, Jude Bellingham, Marco Royce, all those great other young attacking players. I mean, outside of Royce, Royce is kind of old and broken now, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's just his calmness, his demeanor. I think a lot of that probably comes from being, you know, raised by a former U S men's national team captain, but it's just for someone his age to have that just calmness and ability to just, you know, find the right pass, pick the right ball, just play the perfectly weighted, um, you know, through ball to Holland and the strikers for someone that age, it, it, it's just, it's, it's damn near unheard of, unheard of. Yeah. And not a just, not just even his passing his, his on the ball. He is phenomenal too. For, for a smaller guy as well, his last game, I mean, against Friedberg, he had four out of five dribbles completed, which is, you know, pretty, pretty decent for a guy of, of his age and his technical level. So that's, that's something to look out too. I mean, like a, sort of like a like a little messy figure on the field. He's he's able to retain the ball while it's at his feet and pick out the right passes. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's not the you know he's a six foot one player, so he's a little bit taller, but he's still a little slight. He's obviously still hasn't yet grown into his form. He's only seventeen. Like I said, he doesn't even have his driver's license. This kid should be a yeah, senior in high school small, trying to you know, figure out who the hell he's going to bring to prom. <laughs> not you know figuring out how the hell he's going to break down the Dortmund or not the Dortmund the Bayern defense and how he's going to get by Jerome Boateng and, you know, out dribble the likes of, you know, all these great other Bundesliga defenders. And I mean, it's just absolutely unreal. And it's great to see, you know, the U S men's national team getting, um, you know, the love and respect that I think we've been kind of craving and missing. Uh, obviously, you know, U S soccer still gets a little bit of a, a bad rap over in Europe, but I mean, look at Mexico. They have zero playing players playing for Barca. How many players do the U.S. have? Now we got two. Dosicero Dos strikes Cicero, again, yes, baby. Sir. And we're moving on then to uh, Serginio Dest, the young fullback, made his Barcelona debut this past weekend, coming on as a substitute. Ryan, what do you make of his move? You know, because it was between Barca and Bayern. They're a little bit of both. You know, it was you know back and forth reports. He's going to Bayern. Oh, he's got his Barca medical today. He ended up signing for Barca. Uh, what kind of move and what do you think that means for his career? Um, so first of all, like that was crazy seeing two of the biggest teams, one of being the Champions League winner, you know, kind of fight over an American international. That's insane. Um, we've, I don't think we've had anything short of a bigger transfer than that. And I mean, maybe with McKenney, we could talk about that, but, but the, 
Barca and Bayern fighting over an American player. What is going on? I could not be more happy with that. Um, seeing his move to Barca, though, it just worries me in one regard that, um, you know, we've seen Barcelona, teams like Barcelona, teams like Real Madrid turn on their young players because in La Liga, they mean business and and maybe more so than, you know, Bundesliga where they're where they like to cultivate young players. So it's going to be interesting to see how Barcelona caters towards a young developing player like Serginho. Um, personally, I, I'm just here hoping that he gets the minutes and that's all that matters mm-hmm. at the end of the day. He's, I, he's a I great player. Based on, you know, if you look at both squads, Barcelona just lost Nelson Semedo over to Wolverhampton Wanderers over in the Premier League. So there is an opening more so with um, Barcelona in terms of being in the first team and in the starting 11. Because right now, the only other guy that they really have at that position is Sergi Roberto. And, you know, Roberto is probably better in midfield. So, you know, if Des can get in there and once he settles, he can carve out a starting role for him. And maybe, you know, the pressure is going to be on him more so than it would be as a reserve to Benjamin Pavar and, um, you know, Dortmund's team. Uh, the minutes, I think, are going to be the most important thing. You know, he's going to be up and down that right flank with the likes of Lyle Messi or Leo Messi, excuse me. Um, you know, Messi, we know how he likes to cut in. And that's perfect for the way Serge likes to play. He likes to overlap. He's an attacking fullback. He's got a lot of technical ability. He can put in a cross. He can take on a defender, get a shot away. We've already seen that with his appearances so far for the national team. And I think the way they play is going to suit his style of play. You know, you always hear about Barcelona, the tiki-taka. Obviously, it's not the same what it was, you know, in years past under Pep and back when they had MSN. But, you know, Barcelona still has that La Masia you know, style of play and Dest came up from, you know, the Ajax Academy and he comes in that Dutch side of, you know, that Dutch style passing technical ability. And he has that. And I think it'll fit in, in uh, Catalonia. Yeah, I definitely think that it's perfect for Dest at, at Barcelona as, as compared to uh, Bayern because Bayern has so much depth in those positions, either left back or right back. He's definitely going to get the minutes. We'll see how the uh, Barcelona strong treat him. Um, hopefully they don't kick his car in like they did to Gareth Bales over at uh, Real Madrid once he has a few bad performances because, you know, he's young and he, he deserves to have a couple bad performances. He's fitting in at a huge team. Um, similar to that, I mean, is, is Weston McKinney. He's had, he's, he's at a huge team and he's a young guy and maybe not every game is going to be perfect, but he's there at Juventus getting the minutes and that's what matters. So, so um, we're seeing with Juventus the likes of Weston McKinney. Chaz, what do you think of his his stay in uh, Turin so far? Well, I mean, you know, you could say it's the biggest American blockbuster of the summer. We didn't really get a lot of, uh, you know, movies out here based, uh, you know, on the pandemic and the coronavirus and everything. But, you know, from a McKinney standpoint, you know, he's had a bit of an up and down start so far. He played great in that first preseason game. In his Serie A debut, he actually made the uh, who scored um, – Serie A team of the week and then he struggled against Roma but in that first game against Sampdoria we saw you know the all-action uh dynamic engine that you need in the middle of your midfield that we see with the national team you know he's able to win the ball back high up the field he was creating chances he almost scored a goal um defensively he was sound he was a good distributor so you know he showed that he can do all you know all portions of the game and anything Andrea Pirro um wants him to do but, you know, in the second game, he struggled. He was a little bit careless in possession. He gave away a few balls in bad spots. And, you know, that's I think that's where he needs to improve. We've said it before that, 
he he can be careless in possession at times. And, you know, as a defensive midfielder, that's something you need to get out of your game. Obviously, he plays a little bit more attacking for the national team than he has so far with his clubs in Juventus and Schalke in the past. But, you know, a little bit of tactical awareness. But I think, you know, with some time adjusting, obviously they got a little bit of a time off because Juventus have a bit of a COVID outbreak right now. But I think Andrea Pirlo might be the uh, Pirlo might be the uh, right manager for him. You know, we all kind of saw the player that he was. We know how great of a you know player he was, and I think he can instill you know a little bit of the uh, where McKenney's game lacks. I think he can really build it up. Yeah, because um, like you said, where McKenney where McKenney may give away a ball or make the wrong pass at times. Pirlo is going to, is going to see that Pirlo is a very smart player. Maybe if, if not one of the smartest players of the game, because he, he's not a runner, he's not a physical guy, but he knows the game that well. And, and to have somebody in McKenney's ear, that smart, that knowledgeable of the game, I think it's only going to do, do good for him. And, um, you know, I don't think it's, it's, it's all to blame on McKenney for that game against Roma. I think, you know, he's still a young guy and, and that was a, a strong Roma team with a, a strong they had a strong midfield overrunning the likes of Aaron Ramsey and Rabiot too. I mean, neither of them had a good game. Rabiot got a red card and um, that put all the more pressure on the midfield. So, you know, it's for McKenney. I don't think it's anything to worry about just yet. I think it's, it's, it's part of the learning process. Um, so we'll see, we'll see where he goes from there. I, I know for sure that, that when Juve was lining up against Napoli, he was dropped against in the lineup. So I don't know if that's, that's um, anything to say for the future, but he was dropped in that lineup before they played Napoli. Obviously that game didn't get played because of the uh, COVID cases in the Juve squad, but um, now the international break plus the, the week that, the, that, that Juve missed because of that Napoli game, who knows, maybe he'll, he'll be training well and he'll regain his spot in the 11. Absolutely. And, you know, something you mentioned, um, you know, in our pilot episode was the Juve fans reacting to him. They, he's caught their attention. Like they're, they're on board with Weston McKinney. They, they like what he's about. You know, he seems like he's going to take the mantle that, you know, you haven't quite been able to fill with, you know, the likes of Rabio and Ramsey. And that was when Claudio Marchisio left. They're still missing, you know, that engine and their midfield that's going to be able to drive them forward. You know, that all action guy. And that's exactly what Weston McKinney can be. He's a, you know, he's probably one of the best athletes they have in that squad and that we have, uh, you know, in the player pool. He can he can truly do anything and everything that you need a midfielder to do. Yeah, and he's he's coming in to replace um, Blaise Matuidi, which obviously went to the MLS. And for a box to box midfielder in Weston Weston McKenney, he ha- he that's a lot of stuff to do to take up uh, Matuidi's role. He's he's got a lot on his plate for a 22 year old, so it's going to take him some time to get used to doing all, all of that. Um, I think I think all that matters though is that Pirlo is putting the trust in him. The Juve fans are behind him, and so there's not there there's there's room for him to grow. They're cultivating a great environment for him to grow, and it's it's all up to him now. Obviously, the most important thing for McKenney and any young footballer is game time, and something and that's something that Christian Pulisic is finally starting to be able to get again. Not to his own fault; it's based on injury. After the restart, he was Chelsea's best player. However, he got injured in that FA Cup final, which he was playing great, and he scored in it. Um, You know, last season in the Premier League, in 26 appearances, uh, Christian had nine goals and four assists, and his best play came after the restart. A lot of his, you know, the story of his first season with Chelsea 
was stop start. You know, a good run of games and then you get hurt, and then a good run of games and get hurt. So for him, you know, just stay consistently fit, and the sky is the limit for him and for Chelsea. Yeah, that's right. And for for Chelsea, I think they they definitely need a player like him. You've seen them um, at the start of this season. They've had they have such big name signings that they brought in. They brought in so many great and talented players, but it still looks like they're missing someone to come in from out wide because they have have Havertz and they have Werner. They're trying to fit them into this squad where they have so many central creative players. And with Mount, they're trying to also, you know, Mount, Ziyech and Havertz are all kind of centrally very, very creative and, you know, great on the ball, great, finding that pass and stuff, but they're looking for a player to come out wide. They put um, Werner there like he sometimes played for at, uh, in Germany. Leipzig. Yeah. And Leipzig. But yeah, and I think they need, they need some more, some more, some more depth on the wing. And that's where Christian's cause he's great on, on coming inside, but off of the, off the wing. So hopefully he fits into that team. They're trying to put Mount there. They're trying to put Callum Hudson Odoi there. But I think uh, Pulisic is ultimately the best fit. They just don't. The the rest of those players don't have an impact on a game like Christian does. They can't take. They just can't take over a game. I mean, look at the game that he played against Crystal Palace. I mean, look at what he did against Liverpool, where he dribbled by three world class defenders and slotted a ball right across the six yard box to Tammy Abraham. Those players, while they might be great, they don't necessarily bring what Christian does. He he just has this explosion. He can just stop, start, go. And just dance by a defender, you know, break down a defense in about one second, drive at the defenders, drive at a back line, completely mess up their shape. He can, you know, put one in the back of the net. He can create one. He is such a dynamic, you know, option on that left side or from the middle, like we've seen from the national team. And the rest of the Chelsea players just don't necessarily have that skill set. Obviously, Werner probably is faster than Christian, but his game is all getting behind, put the ball in the back of the net. He's not so much, you know, a defender or an offensive player that causes, you know, a nightmare for a right back. Because, I mean, you know, if I'm a Premier League right back and I see Christian Pulisic running at me with the ball, I mean, I'm pooping my pants. Like, you don't know if he's going to go cut inside, cut down the line. And, you know, some of the other players that Chelsea have signed, while they are great and very talented, they're a bit one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's that's exactly what I'm saying with with uh, Havertz and and Ziyech. I think that they will be great signings, but Pulisic is ultimately the one that they're missing right now to to cause those problems off of the wing, uh, like you're talking about, because you can only do so much down the middle. And Hudson Odoi is is all right off of the off the right hand side, but they they really need to find that creativity down the wing. Yeah, and I think Christian, we saw, we've seen the progression in him. He's starting to get that calmness in front of goal. The the goal he scored against Liverpool, where he just takes the ball down, turns his man, and slots it in the top corner. The other one where he was on the left side of the box, can't remember who exactly it was against. He was on the left side of the box, stop, start, burst, go, top, and just slotted it in the near post, just banged it right past the goalkeeper with his left foot. Um, that little, like that little pause, that hesitation that he has. It's just, it, it's unstoppable because the defenders, when you're moving a million miles an hour and they have to stop, you don't know which way he's going to go. And then he can just go whatever way the, you know, the defender 
let's say the defender moves to block his right foot shot. He just goes down the left. If the defender tries to stop the near post shot, he takes a touch to his right foot, curls it in the far corner. And, you know, you just talk about the type of player that Christian can become. And that's the very best. You know, a lot of the Chelsea fans were comparing him to Eden Hazard, you know, who they lost to Real Madrid last, uh, last, after last season. Right. And, you know, he played it down. He's like, you know, I'm just trying to play my own game. You know, I'm trying to be me. But at the end of the day, that's the type of player that he can become if he's able to stay fit. You know, I see him becoming, you know, a, a lot like a guy like Sadio Mane for Liverpool. Obviously, I watch Mane play every week in, week out, being a Liverpool fan. Yeah, I was going to say, well, pipe But down. at the end of the we'll day. Get it. You'll never walk alone. <laughs> but no, but you know what? But coming from me, I think that's even more of a praise for him. Yeah, and, of course. You know, if he becomes an Eden Hazard or Sadio Mane, at worst, that's a top 15 player in the world. For the way that he can affect a game and contribute on the score sheet, that's the type of player I think he can become if he's able to stay fit. And I think that's the biggest key for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw him for seven minutes. It wasn't a, a very powerful seven minutes by any means, but I think there's no doubt that he's a part of, of Frank Lampard's plans. I think that was just him being woven back into the team against Crystal Palace. So we'll see where, um, I mean, I, I'm hoping that he can get the start in their next game. I think he, he Chelsea's desperately needing him to come back. So, so he probably will. I mean, I say desperately, but they just won four zero as if, as if they're in a crisis, but mm-hmm. I think they, they need, they need Christian back in their team. And I think he'll undoubtedly be there probably next, next week. Absolutely. And then another guy who's uh, made a great debut was Chris Richards for Bayern Munich, you know, young right back. He even set up a goal for Robert Lewandowski. And uh, yeah, so it's good to see more Americans popping up on the stage. I think Richards, role probably won't be as profound as some of the other Americans breaking through. He's probably a little bit behind and, he also can play center back. So I think that might be where his future lies with the national team, just based on the fact that we have so many young right backs right now. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll get into more of a, a center back fiasco in a later episode, because there's so much to talk about there, but we'll see if um, Richards has potential there. I hope he does at center back because we really do need a second option there. Well, I mean, we have like, nine options there, but we need a, we need a standout second option is what I'm saying. Um, so we'll see where his best position lies as he, as he further develops, but to get minutes in a team like Bayern after just winning the champions league, that's, that's great. And not only just to, to get those minutes is to stamp them with an assist. That's something like we, we, we saw Gio doing last season with Dortmund is he, he would break through every so often, but every time he would break through, it's, it's something special. You'd always, always implement something special that people would keep so that people would keep him in the back of his mind yeah, and make your mark. Yeah, exactly. And so that's, that's only positive. I don't know if he'll, he'll be very influential this season. Like we talked about um, with Dest, um, Byron has plenty of players to play that position and um, in the back line in general. So I don't, I can't see him breaking through too often, but if he continues affecting the game and um, making his mark, like you said, um, knows what we'll see him. We'll probably be seeing much more of him, which is all but positive. Absolutely. And I don't think a, a U.S. men's national team call, but at least a, you know, a, a, you know, a January camp or something call up is too far away from him because we do have to find out, you know, what our best back line looks like. And right now it looks like, you know, from a fullback situation, that, you know, DeAndre Yedlin's still going to be the right back. And then looks like Serginio Des is probably going to play off the left. 
but there are holes in center backs. We don't necessarily know who our best, you know, center backs is. And I think Chris Richards could definitely, and he definitely has the talent, you know, if you're breaking through at a club like Bayern Munich and you're getting praise from your manager and, you know, a lot of other world-class players, you know, you're definitely doing something right. There's something there. So I'm excited to see what happens to him. Another one of those young right backs that we have, one that is a bit more established in the um, U.S. men's national team setup was uh, Reggie Cannon, who has now started his career with Bao Vista over in uh, Portugal after moving from FC Dallas. Yeah, and I think that's a very good move for him. Obviously, uh, MLS is is kind of restrictive, um, but moving to Portugal, he's he's still getting great minutes. He's uh, in the first division. Balvista's played three games, and he's he's earned ninety minutes in every one of those games. He, the, I think, the most important part about getting minutes in those games is that they lost five zero to Porto in their second game, which is a pretty dire loss, but he still managed to get back and return in the starting 11 in their next, in their following game after that. So he's a uh, go-to defender for Val Vista. And as long as he's getting those minutes, like we've been talking about all episodes, that that's what matters. Um, and he's, he, you know, not getting dropped against Porto after Porto is, is huge. Yeah. Another, you know, I feel like all of this, this full whole episodes being like, Oh, we got another debut. We got another debut, but, uh, Yuli Yanez uh, debuted for Dutch side Heron He's on loan there from Wolfsburg. Uh, we saw him get, make his U S men's national team debut this past year with a, um, when he scored a goal off a penalty uh, dignity health park for uh, the LA galaxy stadium. And then uh, Tim Weah, it's been a long time out for uh, the son of the Ballon d'Or winner. You know, he obviously was out with that long-term injury, but he's been able to come back slowly Obviously, when you're out for almost a year, you got to, you know, you're going to work your way back slowly. But he's a guy that has a big U.S. men's national team future and a big Lille f- uh, future for that matter. Yeah, Lille's in, in second place in Ligue 1 right now. So that's going to be fun seeing if he if he plays a big role. Uh, so far, uh, four games into the season, he's played 20 minutes total, 20 or 21 minutes or so which is, is not bad for a player coming back from a, a couple big injuries like himself. Um, but let's, if, if Leo can keep that up and he can play a big part in it, um, there's no doubt he'll be a big player. For you us. know, and it, it reports coming out of there and stuff I've read from, you know, things coming out of France and, you know, quotes from the Leo manager. He's a big part of their plan, you know, going forward. Mm-hmm. They spent a lot of money on him. Uh, a couple summers ago when he came over from PSG, he just hasn't quite been able, you know, to show them exactly what he can do. And he's a talented player. I think he's got a big, like I said, I think he's got a big future with the U S men's national team. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think if he plays a big role in Lille's uh, title, title challenge this season, at least it looks like they have a title challenge going. It's only, it's only four games in, but um, that's, that's uh that's going to kind of implement himself as a, as a big player. That's going to, that's going to challenge for a spot in our team. I think he already has a spot um, in the United States men's national team, undoubtedly at some point, but for him to be a big player eventually over in Europe, maybe get a move back to a club like PSG. Um, Again, yeah, he just has to keep putting his name out there with his. I mean, if if he if Lilo could stay at that level, he's gonna put his name out there and maybe get a bigger move. I feel like what we just keep repeating, but we repeat it because it's true. 
fitness, game time. Those are the two keys for young players to break through in their clubs, you know, on the European stage, on the world stage, and then, you know, to keep a consistent spot with the national team and help pushing the national team forward. Yeah, and I think part of the reason we keep repeating all this stuff is because we've never had so many talented American players and so many talented at so many, sorry, great big European teams. And it's crazy. This is a crazy time to be talking about us soccer. This is a crazy time to be, you know, for, for myself and, and yourself, it's, we're trying to follow all of this is crazy because we have so many players everywhere. It's great. It's, it's, I'm not complaining because it's, it's, it's the best thing ever. I mean, you know, we all had that disappointment of not qualifying for that World Cup. And I think a big part of that was, the, and this is, I think Taylor Twelman summed this up, not in his big, you know, famous rant, but in another time is there's a, there's a disconnect between, you know, the Clint Dempsey's, the Landon Donovan, Michael Bradley, Josie Altidore generation, and, you know, the Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna, Weston McKenney type. You know, there's not many... Where is the 26 to 28 year olds? Where are the 20? Where are those guys? You know, the mm-hmm. likes of Jossie Zardes, Jordan Morris, Darlington Nagby. They, you know, there were some promising guys, but you know, they never really came up and made a big impact. Nobody really really managed to exactly. make it out of the United States. And now we have so many young players, you know, barely breaking into their 20s who are playing at some of the biggest clubs in the world. It's it's crazy. And, you know, a guy like that, that, that comes to mind when we, when you mentioned that was Jordan Morris, obviously a couple of years ago, Jermaine Jones, after we didn't qualify for the world cup, just went off on him. He's like, why didn't you go to Europe? You had the opportunity to, you decided to stay home at MLS. What are you doing? And, you know, he had a couple of major injuries and then all of a sudden over the last two years, he's probably been our best, you know, most consistent player for the national team. And I think there's a big role for Jordan Morris in this team. And I think that's definitely something we got to talk about later do I think he's going to be a consistent starter once the likes of Reina, Pulisic, you know, Wea and all these guys eventually grow up and get better come, you know, come World Cup time, come even come qualifying time, but definitely off the bench, the odd start here and there. There's a spot for Jordan Morris. There's a spot for Tyler Boyd. We haven't even mentioned his name yet. Oh, I know. Yeah. He's been playing pretty well for Besiktas already this season. So we probably have the best crop of talent we've had in a long time. And it's it's just exciting. And I'm, I'm ready to grow. I'm like, I'm like, you know, all these all these under international games are starting Combiol South American world cup qualifying starts in a week. And I'm like, I, I want to see the CONCACAF. Come on. I want to see us play Mexico. Let's go Costa Rica. Come on. Let's see Canada. I want to go. I want to see Pulisic against Alfonso Davies. I'm ready to see Josie Altador turn on, you know, some Mexican defenders and slot one in the top corner. I, I'm ready to go and let's roll baby. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one thing to get crazy excited about this because it's, it's a time that we, we haven't really been, been uh we've been away from for so long like you said where we don't have those those 28 year olds we didn't have a time to get excited about before but but now we have so many exciting players it's one thing to talk about them um in their own individual regard but it's time that we get them together we have no word on when we're going to see this team together it seems like we're seeing every other national team in the world play against each other other than ourselves versus our opponents like canada like mexico we want to see these players play together because that's going to be telling more than anything obviously they're playing right now with some of the biggest players in the world but once we get them together that's going to be a whole different story so dude this is getting excited is what you know football and soccer is all about like you know there's been so much negativity around the national team since that failure to qualify for russia but now it's like it's time to start getting excited it's time to reignite the fan base 
so I, I just can't wait. I mean, I can't, I can barely control myself right now. <laughs> Dude, I know it's, it's, I, I'm hoping we have some, some crazy stuff to talk about in the coming weeks. Cause it's so exciting already, already. Like I said, we haven't even seen these players together and I'm getting so excited every week. I'm seeing some huge news out of, out of our player pool, our huge, exciting player pool. So, um, if, if today was exciting enough, we undoubtedly we have some more exciting news coming out in the future and we can't wait to talk about that with the rest of you guys. Yeah. So, uh, thanks everybody for joining us. This was episode one and, uh, We'll be back shortly with episode two. The future is bright, baby. See ya. Yes, sir. See you guys soon.